The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Seminar. A small group of students, as in a university, engaged in advanced study and original research under a member of the faculty and meeting regularly to exchange information and hold discussions. Please take your seats as class is about to begin. Issue 24, Shadows. I really don't think I can put up with her again. I mean, the last proctor was just kind of stiff, but she's just nasty. I'd rather deal with our quirky old instructor. There's nothing we can do about it now, though. At this point, it's eat or be eaten. I don't think she was kidding when she said she was going to fail some of us. Fail? I've never seen another classroom like ours. If I fail, what'll happen to me? If you need to ask that question, student four, then perhaps you already know that you will fail. Confidence is key. I am pleasantly surprised that all of you have turned in your work, which proves that you have work ethic, even if you may lack in skills elsewhere. Today we shall be discussing more of the supernatural. In fact, humanity had an incredibly intense fascination with the metaphysical, that which is not governed by laws of physics and logic. As we found last class, this focus on the supernatural developed into mythology and religion. And this involved the belief that after a life has been terminated, a presence could linger behind to interact vaguely with the creatures still on this plane. These presences were thought to be the soul, and there have been a multitude of myths developed around this soul. Observe now one of these myths on a dark stretch of road. Hey, Amanda, I'll take another one. You pace yourself now, honey. I don't want to have to pick you up off the floor. Ooh-wee, damn, girl. Well, if that's what it takes to get you into my arms and keep them coming. Honey, you ain't got to go through all that trouble. All you got to do is ask. <laughs> well, then? Well, then what? Well, then I'm asking. And real nicely, too. <laughs> You know I'm just joking. Well, I ain't. Oh, yeah? Well, what about that nice lady of yours, huh? I ain't asking her. I'm asking you. You behave now, Jackson Sims. Oh, girl, why are you always playing hard to get? <laughs> Honey, there ain't nobody here playing but you. Look at what the wind blew in. Hey, Felipe! Hey, Jackson! Long time no see, buddy. How you doing, man? Hey, Amanda. Hey, Felipe. What can I get you? Um, I'll take a shiner. Bottle or draft? Bottle. And, uh, start a tab. You got it, honey. So, how you been, man? Oh, fine. Just fine. Uh, and you? Just got into town last night. Yeah? What have you been up to? I was visiting Mikey over in College Station last week. Oh, that's nice. How's your brother doing? Good, good. It was my nephew's second birthday. 
Wow, second birthday. He must be getting big. Yeah, friggin' kid's a little tornado. He was all over the place raising all kinds of hell. <laughs> Ooh, a tornado, huh? Yeah, man. That little son of a gun can't stay still for more than two seconds. Well, that's kids for you, man. He runs circles around the living room, and then he climbs onto the couch and starts jumping up and down. And when my sister-in-law, Veronica, she yells at him to get off, he jumps off, then grabs one of her magazines and flings it over his head. And then Veronica threatens to spank him, and he runs screaming to his grandma for protection. Ooh, I'm telling you, that kid's a handful. Ooh, damn. Makes you want to think twice about having kids of your own, don't it? I heard that, brother. Especially with a kid like that. <laughs> Sounds like he's a twister. A real dirt devil. Devil? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Hey, man, what's wrong? Why are you so serious all of a sudden? No, that's nothing. Nothing? Oh, no, it's got to be something. Did I say something wrong? Well, you just reminded me of something. Well, so it is something. Uh, but hey, man, I didn't mean to offend you. No, no, no. It's not like that. Well, then what is it? Nah. Just, just forget about it. No, really, man. Tell me. Well, okay, I guess. Well, something strange happened to me on the road as I was coming back from Mikey's. Well, what's that got to do with anything I said? Wait, just... just wait a second. Uh, all right, my bad. Go on. Well, I was on 190 on my way back to Waco. I left a little bit later than I had planned. Thank you, Jimmy. Expect another drash noon here in the Brazos Valley. And by dry, I mean no rain. But the humidity is at 90% with a temperature of 97 degrees. So all that perspiration won't keep you dry. But you won't have to pull out your umbrella for this week. Oh, the chance for this week doesn't this look good my ass. Coming from out west I guess that weather business. guy's wrong. Again? Ah, I guess I'll have to turn on my wipers. Damn! I hate driving at night when it's raining. It's dark as hell. <laughs> At least the lightning will give me some light, even if it's for a second. Oh man, what the? Damn car just died. Just some dogs that got startled by all that thunder and lightning. Well, I guess I'd better go and check this out. Uh, let, let me see here. I gotta get that flashlight out of the glove compartment. Where is that? Damn it! It ain't here! Where the hell did I put that? Oh, shoot! Those dogs aren't fenced! Sounds like a whole pack of them! Man, I ain't going outside with a pack of wild dogs running loose. Not especially in this rain. They'll probably tear me to pieces. Gotta make sure my doors are locked. Yep, I'm staying put. Warm, dry, 
and in one piece. Oh God, what's going on? What the hell is going on? That's what we'll get this now. struck i saw that thing through my rearview mirror it was a black dude i bet his skin wasn't black like yours man this dude's skin was gray his eyes were all white and his teeth were all rotten and his hair was all in clumps i heard a chain rattling man he looked like a goddamn fugitive that just crawled out of a grave pretty damn creepy man he was a fugitive a, a runaway of sorts oh yeah and goddamn, like you said. What? What do you mean? Felipe, that thing you saw was a slave. A slave? What do you mean, a slave? Well, a slave, man. A, a slave, just like in the past when there was slavery. You're not making any sense. It, it, just like the old days of slavery here in the South. But we ain't got slavery today. No, no. From the past. From the past. You don't believe me, do you? Uh, no. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> you know, I've been a truck driver for over 10 years. Uh, about 16, going on 17. It's actually closer to 20 years. Now, I've seen and experienced some strange things. Truck of life will do that to you, man. Always on the road. Sometimes your head ain't right. You're tired. You're bound to experience some strange stuff. Uh, some stuff you can't explain. Not even to yourself. Now, I've never seen old Jesse myself. But I know folks who have. Old Jesse? Yeah, that's what folks call him. They say he was a slave who tried to run away. Back in the days of slavery, that is. Uh, seems like he's still running Seems like he ran into you. Aw, oh, come on, Jackson! This is messed up. You saying I saw the ghost of a dead slave? <laughs> Hallelujah! He finally got it! Dude, I was probably just tired. Yeah, it, it felt real, but maybe the thunder and lightning were just messing with my head. Do you really believe that? Well, it did feel real. Very real. <sighs> You're his ticket now. What'd you say? You're his ticket now. He's attached to you. What the hell does that mean? Well, that means he'll follow you. He'll follow you till you provide safe passage. What? Well, what if I don't? Nah, not sure. But uh, you don't want to take that risk. Not with these things. 
You're freaking me out, man. I should probably go see Father Ramos. Maybe he can... I don't think there's anything he can do. Uh, not even a blessing? I don't think that's gonna help you. Oh, man, then I'm screwed. What am I supposed to do? Well, there is something you can do. Y yeah? What? What is it? You need to get back in your car. Not tonight. Do it tomorrow when it's daylight. Then you gotta go north to the Red River. That's the border between here and Oklahoma. And back in the day, that was the border between bondage and freedom. Cross the river into Oklahoma. Get out your car. Open all your doors and declare out loud, Old Jesse, you in engine territory now. You's a free man. Go and enjoy your freedom, and let me be. Uh, then what? Well, then he's supposed to leave you alone. Then he's supposed to leave me alone? Yes, yeah, sir. That poor soul's looking for his freedom. You gotta go deliver him out of Dixie and into Eden, though his soul never rests forever. Oh, man, you're yanking my chain. Am I? I'll tell you something you left out of your story. Oh, yeah? What? Let's just say there's a stretch of Highway 190 that I avoid. Yeah? I take a detour on 21. I make sure I never pass through the town of Hearn. How did you know that? That's exactly where it happened. That's where he lived, and that's where he died. His ghost haunts that area. That's where he waits for someone to sneak him out of bondage. So, man, that's what you gotta do. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. That's what I've heard. No, no, heck no. You're crazy, man. And you're just messing with me. Hey, Felipe, where are you going? Get back here, man. I'm trying to help you. No better than to tell him my story. That son of a bitch was making fun of me. Man, I gotta keep it together. I should turn on the radio. Maybe the music will calm me down. your tablets and answer the questions you now see upon your heads-up display. Do not dawdle. Utilize your time wisely, as I do not give you unnecessary amounts of time. Time is up. Tablets down. 
my matrix is already collecting and assessing your work. I hope that you have all tried your best, as now we will have one last piece before I determine who will pass and who will fail. The human race is quite well known for their metaphysical superstitions. And while the American culture is quick to use spirituality as a buoy for their focus, often spiritual actions and ideas were met with criticism. Consider how individuals react to moments where they are presented with that which defies logic and reason in Times Quartet, Part 1, Prelude. Mr. Mort. Mort. Just Mort. Mort. Do you know why you've been brought here? For questioning, I assume. It was not for hospitality, Agent McBride, as you have no tea and the coffee is dreadful. One of the many hazards of law enforcement. I want to make it clear that you haven't been charged with anything. We've asked you here to question you about one of your customers. I service a discreet clientele in my watch shop, young lady. I am not in the habit of discussing my patrons. You seem to be a gentleman. We... You forgot old. Agent, it seems to me that you're attempting, in a well-mannered way, to say that you find me harmless. The Bureau finds you to be a good citizen. You've always kept your licenses up to date, and filed your taxes correctly, and promptly. How comforting to have the support of one's government. You also have a word-of-mouth reputation as the city's finest in repairing and servicing expensive timepieces. Well, one does one's best. All in all, a long list of nothing amiss. Except for your connection to Peter Bellum. Ah. Ah? You have nothing further to add? I sold him a Rolex Submariner with a black dial, which I continue to service for him. I've also done the same for Sir Sean Connery. Yes. But you've never been on the phone with Sean Connery. In point of fact, you've only had unusual phone calls with three of your customers. All of them very wealthy people. A Submariner is a $4,000 watch agent. Of course my patrons are wealthy. Okay. The way this game, the interrogation game, usually goes, is that we tell you nothing, and you tell us everything. You would like to seek an alternate arrangement? Yes. I want Peter Bellum. I want to see him executed for what he's done. Trust me, miss. You do not want that. Bellum trades in weapons that other dealers won't even touch. Things that kill innocents by the thousands. We're talking about a man nicknamed the God of War. Why are you protecting him? <laughs> God of War. Bellum is not that. Uh, well, not exactly. Although I'm sure his swollen ego enjoys the title. Before your outburst, you made an opening to an alternate arrangement in this discussion. Yes, I did. We have wiretaps and call logs on all of Peter Bellum's known phone numbers. And that trail led you to me. Yes, and one visit to a judge later, and we tapped your phone and were pulling all sorts of records on you. I have nothing to hide. You could have simply asked, as you were doing now. Ah, uh, perhaps. But then we would not have heard your calls with the Three Stooges. Bellum, a cattle rancher named Terry Fames, and a champion surfer named Mal Luz. With me so far? I am, as you say, with you. Each of these three 
spoke to you at times in a code. A code that you could not break? Yes. How did you know that? Because we were not speaking in a code. We were speaking in a language. The language. The language? Wait, what? Okay, so what, this was like Navajo? Right. The Germans never cracked our Navajo code talkers during the big one because it was a self-contained language and not a code. I applaud you on your history. So you're saying the same was true of your communication with those three? Yes. Yes. Fine. Okay. And you said the language. What does that mean? The language and code geeks at Quantico and Langley can't seem to decipher your conversations. So, if it's a language, it's not related to anyone we know. It is known, but only to a few. By the language, I mean the original human language, from before Babel, from when all humanity spoke with one tongue. Alright, let's pretend for a minute that I believed a fairy tale taught to me by the sisters in Sunday school. How would you know a language that no human has spoken for thousands of years? A simple answer, one that I believe would be obvious. First, I was there, and second, I am not human. Wow. You just went from helping me, to me being this close to locking you up. Young lady, indulge an old and harmless man. Titles are often used as names. How often have you been called by your title in place of a name? Agent. I was thinking of doctor. How do you know I'm a doctor? You are wearing a charm bracelet with a caduceus. You believe you were alive thousands of years ago, yet you are clearly stretching with the bracelet. What are you hiding? In my business, the business of time, my clients deserve only truth. I rarely hide anything. You have a talent with words. I listen a lot. A distracting talent. You had a point to make, one that I hope has something, anything, to do with this investigation. Maul, Luis, Terra, Fame, Petra, Bellum. And Mort. I can't accept this. The names, the titles are there. Not even hidden. Your medical career, or perhaps the sisters, have given you enough Latin to see them plainly. Yet you want to deny what you see. A very dangerous thing to do. Dangerous is my temper right now. You are an accessory to a terrorist. I need information, not myths. Explain to me what a champion surfer has to do with an arms dealer. Maul retired after he created AIDS. You're saying AIDS was man-made? No, I'm saying that he created AIDS. Forgive me, this is a difficult confession, as they are my brothers. I am bound to them. Yet... Yet, you do want to help me. Yes, I do. Understand that I am unique amongst my brothers. They destroy. They see humanity as only a target. I do no harm. I walk with souls in the wake of my brother's destruction. I have been cleaning up after them for thousands of years. Pretty words, but what I need are facts. If you are going to help me, then give me something, anything, that will aid me in getting Bellum. You want Bellum? I want... 
I want peace. I will aid you in securing Bellum, if you'll promise me that you'll lock up Maul and Fame as well. The Bureau is not in the habit of cutting deals. Yet, curiously, you are. Doctor, why are you the one talking with me now? Forgive me, but although I've never been questioned by the FBI before, it is obvious that you are not experienced at this particular facet of law enforcement. My interests in this case are not your concern. Personal interests? I see. I will pry no further. Let me offer you an olive branch, then. In regards to Maul, I will remind you that there are only two eventualities. Myself, and one other. Taxes. He's won millions as a surfer, and if he hasn't paid taxes, then that's the easiest thing to nail someone on. It's how we got Capone. <laughs> I doubt he has filed any taxes. He always was the laziest of the four of us. May I go now? I have work to do, duties to perform. You aren't going to change any of the story, are you? Why would I deviate from the truth? Yes, you may go. I have a present for you, Doctor. A modest one. Nothing so indiscreet as that it could be seen as a bride. Please, open it. Mort? A watch on a chain. It's just like the one my mother gave me when I graduated medical school. I buried her in it. Yes, I saw it on her, and she told me the rest. She spoke mostly of you. Until we meet again, Doctor. He engraved it. Dr. Rosa McBride. How did he know? Now, students, respond directly to your neural interface for the heads-up display and construct an argument as to the identity of this character, Mort in the piece. Also, you need to analyse the differences and similarities between these two pieces and support this argument in 1,000 words. Time is up. Retract from your interfaces. I am sorry to say that some of you have not passed this assessment. I am very disappointed that you have chosen not to continue your education with the rest of your class, and you have now been pushed to remedial education. Students 2, 4, 6 and 8, you have been failed. Your tracking with this instructor has now been terminated. instructor will begin next class. I trust the rest of you will not be as much of a disappointment as your last classmates.
Inquiry matrix deactivated. Class dismissed. Course schedule and syllabus. The new semester has begun with a few new students to join the advanced class. As you can see, students 11 and 12, male, Oldham and Beatty have been added to your classroom from other sections of the school. And the students quickly realize that their workload has just become more difficult. The details of this assignment have been assigned to your HUD. I expect to see the first part of this analysis after the first piece that I am to introduce. The students begin their next semester and seminar returns. Make sure you're there. Absences take you down a full letter grade. Seminar, issue 25, premiering April 24, 2009. Only at PendantAudio.com. Featuring the voice talents of Emma Bowyer-Warner as the instructor, Susan Bridges as student two, Seth Adam Scher as student three, Catherine Pride as student four. In On a Dark Stretch of Road, Melissa Johnson as Amanda, Abner Cenares as Jackson, Bill Young as Felipe, Mackenzie Bishop as the radio announcer, and Jovian Lab as Old Jesse, written by Juan Carlos Urista. In Times Quartet Part 1, Melissa Hearn as McBride, and Paul Lavelle as Mort, written by Brian Martinez Oldham. Directed by Marcus Beatty, written by Catherine Pride, edited by Jeffrey Bridges, seminar theme by David Alexander McDonald, produced by Pendant Productions, this production is copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. Seminar co-created by Catherine Pride and Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.